For BYU-Idaho Radio, I'm Chandler Guadney, and I'm joined in the studio today by Bishop Gerald Cosset, the presiding bishop of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and today's devotional speaker. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, and good morning, Chandler. Thank you, thank you. So, just a little bit, I, I did some background research, I guess. You're the, you're the 15th presiding bishop of the church uh, in the church's history, and you're the first for whom English is a second language. So, that is an interesting thing, and I must say you speak it very, very well. Thank you, but, but, but you know, when I was called as a general authority, I had never given a talk in English in my life, so I had to learn it like any missionary coming to their mission field. That's awesome. So you, kinda, you can kind of relate to the missionaries who serve abroad. And- I can certainly relate. I still remember opening for the first time the Book of Mormon in English and hoping and praying it was still true. <laughs> different languages and different, different things, but they're still, it's the same Book of Mormon. Of That's course, great. it yeah. is the same. Absolutely. So, I love your talk, and it's it was great to be able to read it. My first question uh, regarding your talk is, you talk about how we're created in God's image, right? And how, because of that, He knows us, He loves us, and He knows our potential, right? The title of your talk is, is I Saw Your Potential. And what would you say to those people who say, I can't see my potential. Other people see my potential, but I cannot see my potential. What would you say to them advice? I would say what God said to Moses. And uh, in my talk, I'm talking about this interaction between God and and Moses. And uh, God calls him his son. Or if it would be a woman, it would be his daughter. And then he says, you are in the similitude of my only begotten. And so God sees us that way. So my my best advice would be, let's see ourselves as God sees us. Let's imagine how God sees us. He knows everything from the beginning to the end. So he has a perfect knowledge of our potential. And his first goal before anything else, is that we may succeed in our life. And so he's our best ally in this life and provides the gospel. Now, of course, we have uh, Jesus Christ and his atoning sacrifice that makes up for a lot of our inadequacies and all the issues that we have. Absolutely. Thank you for that. You talk about the Savior's atonement and the role that it plays in our potential and our ability to to reach that highest goal, right? The celestial kingdom. And you talk about that. And how can people, I, I have a struggle with this, but the atonement of Jesus Christ is hard to understand sometimes. It's hard to comprehend. And it's hard to, to realize that it, though it's true that Christ suffered for all of us and that we are indebted to him eternally, um, but that he made it possible for us to be washed clean of our sins and repent. How can people go about to better understand and comprehend and show appreciation for the atonement of Jesus Christ? I think one important thing to do in our life is to get closer to Jesus Christ, to learn about him. And the best way to know him is to serve him and to serve our fellow men and women in the way that he would do it. If we try to imitate his teachings, if we try to um, emulate his example and be like him, 
uh, try to love people as he would love them, try to serve them as he would serve them. Uh, we'll develop that love for Jesus Christ, feel of his love in our heart. And this is why I'm so grateful for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, because it provides opportunities to each of us through callings and all kinds of experiences to do the work that Jesus would do and thus becoming closer to him and feeling of his atoning power uh, more in our lives. Absolutely. Something that is interesting to me is what was the process like of coming up with this this talk? Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about, right, you have the fact that he sees our potential and you talk about your love story with Sister Cosse <laughs> and it's beautiful. Um, and that's kind of the, the theme of your talk, right? She saw your potential. But how... How did you come up with that process? What was that process like? How were you guided to this topic? It was an interesting process. You know, it takes a long time. Um, I found myself in a few devotionals for young serial adults uh, over the past few years, and I felt inspired to share with them that love story. And then it created a lot of reflection on the fact that because my wife saw my potential, how the Lord sees our potential and what it means in my life, in our lives, if we are fully aware of our potential and how it can increase our capacity. So I had this in mind, so I had a a chance to share this more or less with a lot of different people, different instances and settings, uh, mostly with the rising generation. And, uh, And at some point, I remember about six months ago, I thought that would make a perfect talk for BYU Idaho students. And I had no clue I would receive that, <laughs> that uh, assignment. And it came just a couple of months later, and, and it was already in my head. I just had to write it. Right. Did, did, who, who assigned you to speak here? I guess that's just curiosity on my part. Our assignments as general authorities come from what is called the Assignment Committee of the Church that is presided over by the president of the Chrome the Twelve. So in my case, it was uh, President Ballard who presided over these assignments. So that that's pretty special. It, it to is you special. Now at this point, you know. Yeah, that's great. Well, I guess a question more on a personal level. Um, Sister Cosse saw your potential and others have seen your potential, right? Um, throughout your life. How has people seeing your potential impacted you? It's uh, important to uh, see encouragement. Uh, in the eyes of others and who love us and, and know us and to know that we are um, headed the, the right direction. So it's been my parents, it's my wife, Valerie, it's a lot of people around me, but it makes me think um, of how important it is for each one of us to express appreciation and encouragement to the people around us, the people we love, but any anyone really, the people uh, that we encounter at some point or uh, with which uh, we work or serve, uh, that they, they will understand that this is true for a child, particularly. Uh, this is f- uh, true for a teenager. This is true for any son and daughter of God. That you need to see in our eyes a reflection of how God sees them. Yeah, that's great. You talk in your talk about two individuals who um, were part of your life and, and shaped it, right? And those were your two piano teachers, <laughs> Madam T and Madam M, right? Yeah. And one of them was 
very strict and not very nice, uh, writing insults on your sheet music and, <laughs> and things like that. And one of them, right, was very kind and saw your potential and embraced you and taught you and gave you a very special piece to her and helped you through that process. And they were difficult pieces. You had a, a difficult piece assigned to you um, by both piano teachers. And you learned them both, um, but two their two teaching styles were polar opposites. And you learned them, but there's got to be, there's a, there's a best way to do this. And that was the, the kinder, more loving way. Can you expound on that a little bit? Um, because there's, there's definitely better ways to go about learning and growing and learning in the Savior's way. I think that with the first teacher, Madame M., I was uh, uh, working on my piano very hard, but by fear. By fear of what she would say if I didn't practice the piano well enough and play my, my music sheet well enough. Uh, whereas the other one, I would more, I would work still very hard, but more by faith. Because faith in what she, I could see in her eyes and in her comments about my uh, music playing that she believed in me. And so I think that's the same with the relationship we have with our Heavenly Father. We, uh, it's not by fear that we should strive to be better, but by, by love, by faith in Him, and uh, with a vision of what He expects us to do. And you actually are going to play uh, that piece, both of those pieces, an excerpt from the second piece and the first piece you're going to play in whole do you mind talking to me about why you decided to play these pieces as part of your devotional and what they mean to you now? Well, it's, it's not something that is easy for me. I, I would rather give a talk without playing. I, I don't think I've played before, before so many people in my life. So it's, uh, I'm very intimidated uh, by this opportunity, but I thought it would be providing a good visual aid or audio aid, if you uh, may call it that way. Uh, to illustrate uh, that story, and I, I just love to to share music. But uh, it was my first calling in the church. I was the pianist in primary. I, I was 12 years old, and so I believe that music is a way to feel the spirit. It's a best language. It's probably a language that is used in heaven, from what we understand. So, so uh, I, I I always uh, seek op- for opportunities to to blend music with the spirit. Absolutely. And now, as you've grown in your piano skills and your talents, and you've expanded on those, what do those pieces mean to you now um, that you have gotten better, um, been able to more perfect what you've, what you've learned? It's interesting how I play them now com- as compared with how I played them when I was a teenager. I, I think there is more maturity, a spiritual maturity maybe, or musical ability to share my feelings. And uh, so I appreciate them more now. I, I don't have the pressure of the work and I can just uh, feel of uh, how wonderful music is. And so I, I, I try to play as, relax, uh, as a relaxing experience more than uh, in the past. Absolutely. As you prepared for this and you, and you prepared your, your pieces and um, as you've practiced, right, people may not know, I did not know before uh, thinking and preparing for this interview, 
that you have actually had two albums come out um, with Nicholas Juicy. Juicy, yes. And uh, the latest one came out this year as a child. And they're children's hymns from the children's songbook. Can you tell me a little bit about the process of coming uh, to produce these albums? But it's a good illustration of seeing my potential, <laughs> which I didn't believe in. <laughs> but my friend, um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great pianist, but he's also a composer and a music director that I met uh, for the first time in Rome, in Italy, uh, in a state conference. And he wasn't just baptized and I met him in a in a new convert meeting and um, we became good friends his French is absolutely perfect and um, but it was a few years later that he said one day to me uh, what about if we record a, a duet together and it will be a CD and I said I don't think I can do this I've never done this I'm not a professional and he said, well, I've already arranged everything with Desiree Bookstore, so you just uh, tell me. Um, and I said, well, maybe I should, I should trust him. And it happened. I still don't know if I'm good enough for that, but uh, for sure that's a good illustration of how when you believe in the potential of your friend and express it, it will motivate them and help them reach uh, a level that they didn't think they were able to reach. And that's a good uh, segue and a good path into my next question. Towards the end of your talk, you talk about finding the Mozarts scattered throughout uh, all of us all over the place. And my question to you is how do we go about finding and encouraging those Mozarts around us? Yeah, so um, the way you find a Mozart, but what I'm saying in my talk is um, everyone has a Mozart in them. And uh, sometimes it's hidden, and you're not even, even aware of it. I, I remember one of our daughters, uh, she took a class of art in school, and we discovered she was a great artist, and she could paint beautiful things, and we had no clue about that. And so I love the way that uh, at BYU-Idaho, uh, you have those opportunities to find new gifts and talents that God has given to you, and then you can use them for the purpose of doing good around you and helping others. And so uh, I think this is um, this idea of a Mozart that is uh, within us. Sometimes we think Mozart was a genius and is out of reach, but I think all of us can do more than what we think we can. And so it's a good example. Yeah, absolutely. And a couple more questions for you, last questions. What do you hope that students or those that listen here on BYU-Idaho Radio take away from your remarks today? The, the most important thing is uh, that we all recognize and know with all our heart that we are sons and daughters of God, that we have a divine nature, that we have a eternal line, a lineage that is uh, directing us to uh, godliness, that we can become one day as God is, and this is how he sees us. So we need to believe in our potential. Um, and with the help of the uh, Jesus Christ and his atoning sacrifice, uh, we can do all things. Absolutely. I love that. There's a scripture in, um, in Alma where he talks about how the Lord um, Jesus Christ claims us through his atonement um, despite our shortcomings. 
and despite those things that, that come into our lives that are challenging for us. And he claims us anyways through his atonement and he, because he loves us. He sees our potential. That's right. And he knows what we can become. And so I think that's important to keep in mind as we go throughout this life, right? We sometimes are our worst critics. And if God sees our potential, then why can't we see our potential? And I think it's important to understand that the uh, atonement is help of Jesus Christ is helping us not only to be redeemed and forgiven of our uh, mistakes, but more than this, it's an enabling power. It gives us uh, the opportunity to become a little better every day. So it's, it's as much for the good people that it is for people that are doing bad things. Absolutely. Is there anything else as we close this interview that you would like to talk about or say? Well, I hope uh, that everyone knows how much I love my Savior, Jesus Christ, and how grateful I am for him. He provides a perfect model of the kind of life we would all like to, to live, and, but I know it's possible. And it takes a, a long time in this life and that will continue in the life to come to progress and to learn from him and to get his power and grace. But I know it's real, and I testify of that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I was Bishop Gerald Cosset, the 15th presiding bishop of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and he is today's devotional speaker. Thank you again. Thank you.